keep your Bibles out here, Luke chapter number 2, Luke chapter 2, and this is a passage of scripture that we have read multiple times throughout the uh, season here, Uh, but very important verses uh, to be able to look to, and when we think about these verses, what an event. I don't know about you, but I try to put myself in the place of what's going on in the Bible. So it's not just words on a page, but I try to experience in my mind what it would have been like. And I think about these shepherds that are out there in uh, the middle of the night, and uh, whether it was middle of the night or not, I know it was night, uh, but I I imagine it uh, middle of the night, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, some some late time frame, and uh, out in the... Uh, the fields, and as they were out in the fields, and uh, the sheep were there and laying down, and they're just sort of uh, bored. Have you ever been been given a job that you had nothing to do? And really, that was what was going on. It wasn't like there was a whole lot to do during this time. They were laying down. I mean, they had to keep their eyes open uh, for the, uh, the wolves or whatever other predator was in the area. But there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, the sheep weren't taken off. They're laying there sleeping. And, and so now uh, these shepherds are just there. What else do you do? And this night was like any other night. A whole lot of waiting, a whole lot of cold, a whole lot of boredom, a whole lot of looking at stars. What else are you going to look at? And here they are, just there. But everything changes. And on this ordinary night, it became extraordinary. On this event that was just like any other day, and every other day was going to be back to normal. But on this night, it all changed. So let's look at the verses again. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, uh, which shall be to all people. But when we look back at verse number 9, let's look at it, if you would, Luke 2 and verse 9. The Bible says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And it says that the angel of the Lord came upon them. Now, how did that happen? When he came upon them, was, was it that he just showed up? But came upon, came up on. If someone was going to come up on you, you could see them and just getting closer. And in my mind, I am imagining that this event was an event that Something took place and the glory of the Lord shows up. The glory of the Lord shone around about them. Uh, I'm guessing the glory of the Lord was with these angels. And all of a sudden, as they're looking out in that darkness, that darkness changes. He said, well, pastor, I'm not sure if it happened just like that. Well, in 1 Kerry 1.1, this is how it happened. And as I imagine this event transpiring, I imagine all of a sudden that is that a star? 
Well, it's getting brighter. It's getting bigger. That light is coming our way. The fear not was for a reason. (laughs) Can you imagine if you were out there in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden, I mean, they hadn't heard about UFOs yet. And there's this light that shows up and that light starts getting closer. And as it gets closer, it gets brighter and bigger. And pretty soon the Bible says that it shone round about them. It was all, they were encompassed in all of this light from these, this angel that has shown up, uh, has come upon them, come up on them. Uh, and the glory of the Lord was there, shone round about them. And it says, and they were sore afraid. They were sore afraid. And after that, we, we imagine what all transpires here. You know, I, in my mind, when we get to heaven, we've got eternity. So 6,000 years of, of creation and world history, if the Lord tarries, his car, if he, he comes, and uh, not millions and millions of years ago. When they start with millions and millions of years ago, it's long, long ago in a land far, far away. All right, uh, but there is there is record of uh, God's creation and generations to go back, and we believe that our world is about six thousand years old. And uh, anyway, that's a whole nother story. Science does not disprove the Bible. Amen. All right, it does not disprove the Bible, and what we have is scientists promoting a theory like it is a reality. And so, anyway, that's a whole other message, but I just figured I had to throw that one in. It was free. Where was I going? I'm sorry? Light roundabout. There was something that I was going to on that. Uh, but, uh, oh, oh, now I know. All right. So, uh, in my mind, I am thinking when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to get to see all that transpired. I mean, I, mean, I believe we're going to be able to look and to see. Uh, have, how many of you have been in an Omnimax theater? And you go in and everything's surrounding you and the sound and how it all works. I sort of envision heaven that way. And getting to see David and Goliath, getting to see the days of creation, getting to see the events that transpire. I I imagine uh, in my mind that we're going to get to see this event all over again. We have eternity. So, Whatever those years are going to look like, uh, I'm not sure. But what I, what I think about when I see this is I see these individuals and God has intervened. God has intersected their life. God was working in such a way that he brought himself, he brought truth to their, into their life. You know, if you're saved this morning, Christ has intersected your life. And with that intersection, there has been a change. God can't be a part of your life and there be no change. Brother Frank and I were talking yesterday, and uh, oftentimes we find that uh, people are seeking easy. They don't want truth because truth will require something of us. 
truth requires actions. And, and with that, when we open up God's word, we open up the truth of God's word, we find that he, he gives us something and he has given himself to us, but there's also an expectation that now that we have him in our life, that we are going to serve him. That just is how it should be. It should be the natural response to that. Uh, but, but this interaction with these shepherds, uh, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This morning, I want to speak to you for the next hour and a half on the subject. Just kidding. For the next few moments on the subject, it's good news. It's good news. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these people. Uh, our opportunity, Lord, to, uh, to know what you have said. And then, Lord, our opportunity to, uh, to uh, fall into your plan and to do what you would request and you would want us to do, uh, to be able to enjoy the blessings you have for us. And so I pray that each person here this morning, uh, that you would uh, help them uh, to recognize the great news of your coming. For Christ's sake, amen. It's good news. Now, uh, the, word, the Bible said here, uh, he says, I bring you good tidings. Uh, that term good tidings is one Greek word, uh, and it means uh, to bring good news. It's euangelizo uh, uh, is the, the word, is the root. Evangelizo my uh, is this exact term uh, that is uh, given here. And, uh, and with that, uh, it is good tidings, to bring good news. Uh, it is the same root word as the word gospel. Uh, and so uh, this good news is the good news of the gospel. The, the good news that is being brought forth by the, this angel, it wasn't just the birth of Christ. It was all encompassing in God's plan. Uh, the good news is that God has come to man. Uh, God has come and interacted with man. And so the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is for all the world. It's good news. And so first of all, I want you to see it's good news for everyone. How many of you like hearing good news? I like good news. What I don't like is when somebody comes up and says, well, would you like the good news or the bad news? <laughs> I don't want the bad news. I just want the good news. You know, good news is for everyone. This good news is for everyone. It is, it is for every individual. It is for that person that you don't think uh, will ever be saved. The person that you don't think that there is hope for their salvation. Uh, there is good news and the good news is for everyone. Uh, Luke 2.10, and the angel said unto them, for, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Uh, it was to the good, it was to the bad. It was to the rich, it was to the poor. It was to the kings and it was to the common, but it was good news for everybody. Uh, the Lord's coming is good news. It's good news. And this morning, if you're saved, uh, you should be rejoicing in the good news. 
The Lord's coming is just good news. And with that, here the angel said, fear not. God interacting in somebody's life should not bring fear. Here the angel showed up. This good news. People say, Pastor, you shouldn't preach on hell. I'm trying to scare people to get into heaven. No, it's, I'm not trying to scare anybody to get in heaven. There's good news and we don't want to fear. What do we need to do? We need to accept the salvation that his son has offered. There's good news. Uh, there is a heaven. There's a place called heaven. And you know what? People never get upset when you preach on heaven. They only get upset when you preach on a place called hell. Not only get upset, because uh, there's all kinds of reasons to get somebody upset. But, but here, when we think about this, this is good news. Uh, it was uh, fear not, God's interaction with man, uh, God, uh, God's messenger, the angel of the Lord has come into uh, their life. And now they are, they are forced into a confrontation with God and they have to do something with what they are about to hear. And when you hear about Christ, uh, we are put into a position where we have to make a decision of what we are going to do with Jesus Christ. Is he going to be my savior? Uh, and so his interaction uh, has, has come into these shepherds' life. Uh, he, and God has actively been engaged with humanity for all of time. For all of time. But there... Through the scripture, we have, we have snippets of what God has done. Can you imagine if we had to have a Bible that showed everything that God has done in every person's life who has ever lived? Man, our, our computers could not even hold the data. The Bible says that the worlds could not contain the books. And, and so here, God has interacted and has always interacted with man. We can go all the way back to Genesis and we see how the Lord was walking uh, with, uh, with Adam and Eve. He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And he said, where art thou, Adam? Uh, there was a separation. Uh, God wasn't the one that created the separation. Man was the one that created the separation. Sin brought that separation and uh, that Fear uh, caused them to flee uh, from God. But there was a connection that God had with man uh, and it brought fellowship. Sin, sin brought the fear and sin brought that separation. Uh, but we see that there is good news. The good news was about to be spoken, but it was good news. And it was good news for everyone. So good news for everyone, number one. Number two, good news of salvation. Salvation. Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, I have had people tell me, Pastor, you know, you, you preach on salvation on Sunday morning and that's all you preach on. Uh, that's not true, number one. But for the believer, how could you ever get over your salvation? How can we get over what God has done in our life? 
When we get over our salvation, our faith is now dead. It is just rote actions. It is just following some, some guidelines. But if you're saved this morning, that salvation should move you. It should move you. Uh, thinking about all that salvation brought and took uh, should move us. And so see, thinking about that, but the good news was salvation. For unto you is born this day. Uh, notice here, it was singular unto you. You know what? The Lord came for you. He came for you. He didn't come for Brother Frank, though. Uh, I said that because he's looking at, uh, he was looking at Claudia on that one. And I don't know, he said something. And so I'm guessing that's similar what he said. But uh, anyway, uh, no, the Lord has come for you. Singularly. His coming as a baby wasn't just for the world. For you. Think about that. Changes the meaning of Christmas. It's not just a story we tell in December of each year. Christ came for you. For you. Changes the whole meaning of what Christmas is. Salvation, uh, the saved, we're, we are seeing unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And uh, nobody will ever be saved without first recognizing that they are lost. Salvation takes an understanding of a personal condition. You know, if I... If I was lost, but I like to go hunting. When I go hunting, one year I went hunting with a good friend and uh, we, we had a, a meeting time. I went one direction, he went a different direction. Uh, and the, the uh, rule was, if you get in trouble, three shots uh, and just stay right there. Well, the other person will come find you. And then uh, the, uh, uh, but we had, going back to the truck, there was a time we were supposed to meet. And uh, anyway, I get back to the truck and I was driving and he didn't show up. And I didn't get any response. I'm walking around, I can't find him. Hours pass. So then I shoot three times seeing whether or not he's going to respond. The problem was it was one of our deacons that I took hunting. And so anyway, so uh, anyway, so he's out there. It gets dark. This is before cell phones. There was no way to connect with him. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And so finally, I ended up uh, getting back in my truck, take off, go down to a corner store, go over to the side of the building, and there was this thing hanging on the side of the wall. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the pay phones, and I, I called his wife, and he answers. And he got lost. And just kept walking and found a road and caught a, a hitchhike with somebody. And he just, just went home. 
I was like, man, I have been looking for you forever. And I mean, it was like five, five hours that I had spent all this time and uh, but uh, with that, I've got, I've got uh, a comp- when I go out hunting, I've got a compass with me. I've got a satellite uh, uh, GPS uh, technology that, that I can have. I can send uh, texts. Uh, and with that, um, I've got this little button right here, and it's this red button, and it says SOS. Now, this is turned on right now. And if I push this red button... They're going to show up. Should I push it? See if it works? No, I should not push it. I've never pushed this button. You know why? Because I'm not lost. I'm not hurt. Everything's okay. Salvation will not happen until you recognize that without Christ, you're not okay. Every one of us have an appointment with death. Every one of us are going to take our last breath and we are going to go into eternity. And when we take our last breath, we either are going to be going to heaven or we are going to find ourselves as a rich man that's notated in Luke in a place called hell. With that, salvation for unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior. You see, a Savior was born because we need saving. The Bible tells us that we were born in trespasses and sins. You know, we don't have to teach our kids how to, how to sin, do we? We don't have to teach them how to lie. We don't have to teach them how to be selfish and take that toy from somebody else. We don't have to teach them how to be mean and hit somebody else with that toy. Why? There's a sin nature. Now, do they understand that at that point? No. But as they grow, they understand. And every one of us, the Bible tells us that we were we, have, we are sinners. And with that sin, there is condemnation. But Jesus Christ came so we did not have to be condemned. John 1.12, but as many as received him to them, individually, to those people, unto you, He said, as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Are you saved this morning? You see, the good news is for everyone. It's for everyone. The good news is that Christ has come uh, for salvation, to pay that way of salvation. Uh, and, and as he has, he has purchased that, that is good news. Uh, it's, you say, well, what's good news about it? Because if I don't do anything with the Lord and I don't receive him, I'm going to go to hell. The good news is you don't have to. You don't have to. And without having the information, you could not make a decision. But the good news is, we've been told. 
that Christ came. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. So we see the good news is for everyone. The good news is salvation. The good news, thirdly, is a Savior. A Savior. Christ came to save sinners. He is the Savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He's the only one that can save us from the penalty of our sins. You know, the good news was not programs. The good news was not a program for the hungry or the homeless. Uh, The good news wasn't a program for the poor. The good news was not prosperity. It wasn't about a job or a career or financial prosperity. The good news, there's a Savior. Jesus Christ. Now notice here the singularity of that. A Savior. There's only one. There's only one. There's only one that can pay our sin debt. That's Jesus Christ. Just one. A Savior individual. Uh, There was just one. Uh, In uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 21, it says, and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. You see, this good news, it starts with you. For unto you is born this day. Salvation is available globally, but it is received individually. For God so loved the world. Yes, he did. He came for the whole world, but he has to be received individually. Salvation, the Lord has come and a savior is born. And as we celebrate Christmas time, we celebrate a newborn baby, but he didn't come just to be born, he came to die. And he came to pay redemption's price for each and every one of us. Are you saved this morning? The greatest gift you could ever receive is the gift of salvation. Personally choosing to receive him. April 23rd, 1983, I accepted Christ as my personal savior. I'm gonna go to heaven not because I go to church, not because I put money in an offering plate, not because I try to be a good person. I am gonna go to heaven because as a 14-year-old teenage boy, I recognized that I was a sinner I was in need of a savior. And if I didn't accept Christ, I was going to go to hell. And I didn't want to go to hell. I wanted to go to heaven. And I accepted Christ as my personal savior. Salvation was offered. It has been offered freely for the entire world. But each individual has to choose to receive him. Now, if this morning you have not accepted Christ, let me encourage you. Accept him this Christmas. Accept him today. It's good news. It's good news. But if you don't do anything with the good news, it's just information. 
Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for these who are here. And I do pray that you would work in each and every heart. For those that are saved this morning, I do pray that you would help all of us uh, to just revel in the salvation that you have given to us. Help us to recognize what a wonderful Savior you are. But Lord, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Savior, I pray that this message would not just be informational, but Lord, it'd be transformational, that they would accept you as their Savior. And so I pray that you would speak to hearts and work in our midst this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I am saved. I'm, I know I, I have accepted Christ as my personal Savior. And when I die, I'm going to heaven. Uh, he is not just a Savior that was born. Uh, he is my Savior. And say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I have accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Just as a testimony to the Lord. Would you slip your hand up uh, all around the auditorium? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hand down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I had the information, but I haven't done anything with it. I, I have heard this information before. I knew that the Lord has come. I knew that he came to save sinners. I, I had that information, but I've never accepted him as my savior. I've never put my faith in him and asked him, to be my savior. He said, pastor, that's me this morning. I won't come back to you and I won't embarrass you, but I would like to pray for you. Who'd say, pastor, that's me this morning. I, I need to accept Christ. I've not accepted him. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you. Anyone like that this morning? Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I see your hand. Who else? Pastor, pray for me. All right. As I look around then, most are saved. With that being the case, are we enjoying the good news that he has brought to us? Father, I thank you for these that have uh, come this morning. Thank you for this uh, one that has raised their hand, unsure of their salvation. I pray that you would give them uh, grace and help and uh, give them the ability, Lord, to get that confirmed in their life. And uh, Lord, I think about these that have raised their hands as being saved. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to, uh, to share the good news of the gospel, the good tidings of great joy. And I pray that you would help us uh, to lead others to you. And so I pray that you bless this invitation. Speak to hearts. Uh, may we revel in your goodness in our lives. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen.